on today's show. How did Luka Doncic drop 53 points in a ugly, ugly win against the Pistons? What did we learn about the Mavs? And then, Dorian Vinny-Smith, is he available? Talk about that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavs. You shouldn't be here. Loyalty never fades away. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Engstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for being part of the show and making Lockdown Maps your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all podcast platforms, including YouTube. And the best way you can help us grow this show is to listen every day and comment anything below. Let us know what's one reason the Mavs beat the Pistons in this game, or would you trade Dorian? That's <laughs> a tough question. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, and contributor at Mavs.com, the let it ride recluse, the one more thing king. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? I guess let we can run it ride against Detroit. We can let it ride against oh, You got to You got to love the wins. You got to love all the wins equally. <laughs> let it ride. You have to. Uh, <laughs> All the losses are going to be agonizing. The wins have to at least be fun. <laughs> it was a great counter to, you know, we read, <laughs> you already mentioned the Dorian thing. We'll talk about the Dorian thing in the third segment. I read about Dorian today. I'm like, <sighs> I'm like sad thinking about Dorian not being on this team. Oh, but you know what? Broke me. Luca completed, put our hearts back together mm. by putting up 53 points. I feel like it's just a another night for Luka Doncic in the NBA. Um, you and I, this is how this is how normal a fifty-three point game from Luka is. You and I start this start this call every every day when we do the podcast, and we go, all right, what are we going to talk about in segment one? What are we going to talk about in segment two? Segment one's like the most important thing. What's the number one thing? And I'm like, maybe we should talk about the Dorian rumor. And Isaac's like, um. You know, Luca dropped 53 tonight in this game. We should probably start with the game first. And it's just become so normal for Luca to do something like this. I I compared it to it's Kobe's 2007 run. You remember 2007 Kobe with Chris Mim and Kwame Brown and Smush Parker and Okay, we're not that bad I, of no, a No, cast. no, no. It, it, I'm just I'm just I'm just putting the context <laughs> together. On. I'm putting the context together. He Kobe was playing with that team. And he scored 50, more, 50 or more in like seven straight games. It was just this crazy run where he just put the team on his back and was just like, no one's going to stop me for two straight weeks. And it feels like what Luka does uh, in a more stretched out version this season. It was just absolutely uh, in an, an efficient game for Luka. 17 of 24 from the field. He missed six threes, uh, which means that he didn't miss a ton of twos either. 14 of 18 for the free throw line. Missed four of those, but still... You score 53 points on 24 shots. That's an incredible game. Who's better? JaVale McGee, Chris Mims. Right now? Like, <laughs> right I think now. like 50 year old Chris Mims may, may get some minutes. <laughs> no, I, I, Chris Mims was starting on that Lakers team, by the way. They were starting Chris Mims. Think about, think about how far the NBA has come. 2007. So, like, 
everyone listening is probably alive then, <laughs> right? <laughs> Chris Mim and Kwame Brown were starting together. Neither of them could shoot. Neither of them were like that great defensively. And they were both starting together in a front court <laughs> and a team that almost made the playoffs like absolutely wild. Hey, shout out to all the people, though, who reached out uh, a few weeks ago and were like, hey, I'm, I'm in high school and I would be graduated college uh, if we traded for Brad Beal. <laughs> we told people to reach out and they did reach out. And they did. Um, you know, I was laughing at the beginning of this game because, you know, Luca comes out, he puts up 27 points uh, in the, well, he puts up 27 points in the first half. He puts up 24 points uh, in the first quarter. And I was laughing about it because, you know, when he got hurt a couple games ago, twisted the ankle and he put up zero points, but he only played two minutes. But it counted as obviously a Luka game that hurt his points per game. And, you know, Joel Embiid took over the scoring title. He comes out of this game. I'm like, this dude is saying, <laughs> I am not <laughs> going to fall down this list. I'm going to go out tonight and try to make up for that zero point game. Um, I joked that he's going for 60. He he slacked tonight. He only got fifty three, <laughs> but he got he helped the uh, points per game average a little bit. Only thirteen times in NBA history has somebody scored fifty or more points in twenty four or, or in less than twenty four shots. Luca did it in twenty four tonight. I mean it, that is incredible. Adrian Dantley is one of those. He did it against the Mavericks. Um, yeah, a wild wild game for Luca. He took over and he just came out of the gate like you said. He came out of the gate swinging and. You look at the result of this game and you say, okay, Luca was incredible. He was he was on one. But Dinwiddie took three shots in the first half. Like this was this was gonna be my thing. Like if the Mavericks lost this game, this was gonna be my thing. Is that it can't just be Luca or nothing. Like this team cannot just be Luca and everybody else get out of the way. We saw something with those two games that Luca was out, with Dinwiddie getting going, 36 points in both games. You saw that like he can get stuff, he can do stuff. He's got to get a rhythm. He's got to get a couple of shots here and there. And this has been the story of of, of Luca from the the parting shot from Donnie Nelson years ago. Remember, remember that when he was like, you know, he's got to learn how to get his teammates involved. Some of it was it was pettiness. Some of it is right that there's a difference between. I think Luca. I'm, I'm gonna I'm I'm going out here on this. I'm going out here on this take. You ready for this oh, take? No. You're gonna go here now. Yep. Now uh, on today's pod. on today's pod. I think Luca lets the game come to him too much. I think there's a I think there's a difference between dictating the Let game. Me take a drink. To go ahead. Dictating the game and like putting your like all right, I'm going to put my 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 stamp on this game or I'm going to let the game come to me and I'm going to and Luca is a master, a master at taking every single thing that someone throws at him, taking the game, letting it come to him. And then boom, going for it. When like the star, I feel like the biggest of big star, Michael Jordan didn't let any game come to him, right? Like Michael Jordan. And we've seen Luca do that in the playoffs, but I feel like Luca at times let, just lets the game come to him. And then all of a sudden he's 24 points and only t- two other Mavericks have scored in the, in a quarter. <laughs> You're just like, you got to get some guys more involved here and there. And especially in some of these games, you have to dictate the game and you have to, you have to attack the game with what you guys want to do instead of just always letting the defense, letting it, you know, whatever the defense comes to you and all that. Is that, yeah, is that half baked or is that, is that fully baked? <laughs> I don't know if I want to dive that far into it after a win and 53 from Luca. It's but, a, it's a win, but like that, that against the Pistons. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it was going no a whole different type of tone of a pod if they lost, but, but here's the thing. You know, I, w- I was texting somebody during the first half too because I was 
it, it's, it's such a stark difference of Dinwiddie when he has the first, you know, those last couple of games, even that last game, you know, he puts up 36 and he's in that. He, I, I think it's, it goes back to the whole Brunson thing that we underestimated how, or we underestimate present tense. We underestimate how hard it is to play that role as a secondary creator alongside Luca as another point guard or another creator, another ball handler, because Jalen had started to master that of being able yeah. to play off Luca, but also kind of try to be a secondary playmaker creator, but also being able to morph into that, like that role when Luca's off the floor of like, Hey, I can, I can do that. I can be that guy. It feels like it's a little harder for Spencer. And I've been saying this since the beginning of the season. I feel like it's more of a mental thing for him because when Luca's not playing, it feels like he knows exactly what his role is. I'm going to run the offense. I mean, he was getting doubled the other night, getting out of the double. He was scoring really well. And then tonight, like you said, he he puts up three shots. He's kind of the first time, you know, yeah, in the first half. And, you know, I'm not even saying it's like his fault, really. It was just kind of how the ball was finding him. He was being a little passive, but. You know, he he was getting other guys involved. So I don't know. I don't know what is that? Like, what what <laughs> do they have to they, they still it's still a little bit clunky for them of figuring out what is his role? How? Yeah, I don't know. There you go. I asked Jason Kidd about this and he told me exactly what it was. I'll tell you what it is. Oh, I'm right. What what a tease. Next. What a tease. But before we do, let me tell you about FanDuel. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official new sports betting partner for Locked On. They're the number one sportsbook in America. FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features to make betting on sports fun and easy. Download download FanDuel now so you can bet the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 57. I thought that was like the the amount of money they wanted you to put down. I was like, specifically 57? No, it's Super Bowl 57. With a no-sweat first bet, you'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets. Did you say $3,000? You'll get up to... This is the exact copy. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet anything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Go to FanDuel. See what they have available for the big game. Go check it out. Uh, and go to fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. All right, Isaac Harris, thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen each and every day and being part of the show. You're part of the Raccoon Squad if you listen every single day. We appreciate you all. Let's get into this game. We talked about Luca, amazing, 53 points, doing his thing. It's still, it still is Luca dominating the ball with the high, the high usage rate that he's going to have, the best option for the Mavericks, right? Like it's, it's still mm-hmm. the best way they can score points in a vacuum. But there's this dynamic between Luca and Dinwiddie, Luca and the second star, Luca and the, the second, you know, scorer on the team that we have to look at. And you're talking about Spencer Dinwiddie. He only took three shots in the first. In the first half, missed all three of them. Missed his first seven shots of the game. Didn't score until the fourth quarter when Luca was out and he started to really just be aggressive, which is what this whole team has told Spencer Dinwiddie to do. The coach, Luca, everybody. Like, everyone's told Spencer did us, if we count it all. Be aggressive, Spencer Dinwiddie. And so, um, Brad Townsend asked a question of Jason Kidd about, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie kind of having a slow start. And... Kid had a very interesting answer to it, and it really it perked my ears up. I was like a, I was like a dog when I heard a word that I recognized. I was like, oh, what, what? Jason Kidd said, at times, Luke Dinwiddie will let Luca dictate the game. 
inst- and and let him do his thing and be too deferential to Luka Doncic. And I found that really, really fascinating. So I asked him, I said, how do you balance that as, you know, as a coach? Like, how do you address that when Spencer Dinwiddie is being too deferential or if Luka is, is dominating the ball too much? Like, do you do you intervene in that, basically? And he said, at a certain point, they're they're pros and they got to work it out themselves. And the gist of his answer made me think it gave me the impression Spencer's just got to be more aggressive. And he's 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 letting Luca be Luca too much. And he's got to start to take over some. And I think that's what Brunson had figured out towards the end. Yeah. And I mean, I'll say it's probably a little bit on Luca too to, you know, feed feed Spencer and to say Spencer, you know, encourage him, which he's probably doing behind the scenes for but- sure. Um, but if he's not, that's the next role, you know, next step for him too is, Hey, Spencer, you be aggressive. Um, we've talked about a little bit, the, you know, first quarters of games of saying, you know, kind of like how LeBron used to do in Cleveland days of how he would come out and, you know, he was almost in that mode of, I'm going to get everybody else going. I'm going to find everybody pass, pass, pass. Luca leads the league in, you know, first quarter scoring. So I don't want to harp too much on that. Um, I, but I, I kind of do. I, I kind of do because I thought it was a really interesting point. Like this is the exact quote from from um, from Jason Kidd. I thought he was letting Luca dictate everything instead of just playing the game he was playing the last two games. Luca's going to join the party. He's too talented not to. The ball is going to find him. I thought at halftime we talked about Reggie Bullock looking to shoot the ball and Spencer Dinwiddie looking to be aggressive. Act as if Luca is not out there. And I thought he started to do that there in the start of the third quarter, even though he missed a couple of layups. It was just him being aggressive and the ball touching the paint, which helps everyone. Like this is the head coach telling the, the things that we've been saying about Spencer Dinwiddie. Like just be aggressive, pretend like Luca isn't out there because you have to take command of the of the of the team sometime. Because this is one of the reasons why Luca's been not so great in fourth quarters because he's just given all of it in the first three quarters. I think Luke is going to let you know if uh, you act like he's not out there. <laughs> I mean, not completely. But. <laughs> um, what about uh, metaphorizing? Co- it's a metaphor. What about assistant coach Jerome Allen for <laughs> <laughs> uh, for you know Detroit? I mean, you want to chirp at Luca? I'm like, all right, here we go. Uh, that feels you know that feels a little MJ ish in the fact that. You know, people can chirp at Luca, and you already have that feeling of all right. You know what you're you're kind of uh, poking at the bear a little bit, and that's the end. What a classic, <laughs> Isaiah Levers. Who are you? Like who who are you, Luca? Looking at him, oh, it's just incredible. Who is he? Chop livers? Wow. <laughs> I'll ding myself on that one. That uh, Luca Tim McMahon asked him, asked Luca that question after the game. He's like, hey, what did that assi- what did the assistant coach uh, for the Pistons say to you? And he's like, oh, you know, he was just barking. He was just, you know, barking. It's just basketball. You know, we, we talk back and forth. And then he he said, do you like that? Like, do you do you like doing that? And I posted the gif of Luca's reaction on, on Twitter at Nick Van Exit. He was just like, yes. <laughs> he's just like big smile, eyebrows raised. Yes. Like, I do like that. I enjoy that. It did get Luca going. I love that some people think that that's like getting Luca's head. I'm like, oh, well... <laughs> Uh, you mean like you mean like Mo Wagner and Terrence Mann and like, no, like a whole gosh. bunch of players Mo across Wagner. the league that think that too? Patrick Beverly, Toscano <laughs> Anderson, like us. Um, <laughs> How many players are there we can name? Shout out to Reggie though. Uh, Reggie hit three threes in this game, three of five. Uh, he continues to shoot the ball well. It's crazy to look at his averages. You know, uh, those first few months of the season, then December, then you look at January and just keeps on uh, increasing, getting better. So. Shout out to Reggie. I'd go to <laughs> I'd go to war with him. Uh, we got some JaVale McGee in this game. 
<laughs> Dwight had some foul trouble. Four four fouls for Dwight. Um, is this a single game thing? Are you taking yeah, Are you yeah. taking anything um, from the JaVale McGee appearance tonight? When I saw JaVale start the second half, this is what <laughs> I thought. I thought JaVale, I thought Kid looked at it and was like, "All right, I think there might be some other people across the league watching this, like the Pistons, maybe." He 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 had a you know had some good minutes there at the end of the first. He's like, "Let's just ride this thing." Like. Let's show if this is one of his nights. We need to have a showcase night. <laughs> um, I mean, he did give him some good minutes. He's, I mean, at halftime, I think he was a second leading scorer for Dallas. He was so, with eight points, which doesn't say a ton because tonight Spencer Dinwiddie was the only other guy in double digits besides Luka Doncic. Spencer had 12. After that, it was a collection of eight and nine points from other people. So, and which is why I harped so much on the Dinwiddie Luca like combo because Dinwiddie had been playing so well. Luca was a, an offense in and of himself, like literally himself. Uh, the Pistons were doubling Luca, like we've seen a lot. They were they were trying to cut him off, and so somebody else has to get going. And if Spencer hasn't taken a shot for like ten a ten minute stretch, it's really hard to just take those threes that he's been taking the last couple of games. Those like really deep bomb threes yeah. he was taking in these last couple of games. You have to have a rhythm and have like a couple of shots under you in order to get going. Um, Some tough minutes from Hardy tonight, but I mean, it doesn't compare to Tim. Tim Hardaway Jr. Has, has, has had a really tough go at it. Since he's returned from injury, he's had that one 20 point game. Mavs lost that game. And he's just, it's just been really tough. He's, he's not shooting the ball. Well, I actually you think you, trade rumors are affecting him. I, I honestly, I, I kind of do, but also I, I think that, I don't know. He's, he's just having a really hard time. I asked Jason Kidd about this too. I said, what's your message to him? He, there's a moment in the game where he goes to the bench. He does the, the Jersey, like collar rip, like Luca does. He ripped his Jersey. He goes to the bench and he grabs this, um, this like cushion thing on the seat and smacks it on the ground. JaVale sits next to him and kind of like, you know, taps his back and, uh, was sitting next to him, talking to him. And Jason Kidd was like, you know, Keep shooting. Tim is being at, and he said Tim's being asked to guard bigger guys and to rebound for us and to do things that you normally wouldn't ask, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. a, a player like Tim Hardaway Jr. to do, and uh, and that was Jason Kidd's answer. Fair. But um, I don't always tell you guys the truth. <laughs> Tim's just been really bad recently. He's not shooting the ball well. He would tell you that, right? That's why he's that's why he's so frustrated with what's happening. Yeah. I mean, he, he, they had him take a technical free throw, I think, to try and get him going, like to try and see him get the ball go in, and he missed it. Um, it's just been a really tough go at it for, for Tim Hardaway Jr. He played almost he played twenty nine minutes in this game, and do, uh, where are you with where are you with Tim right now going going forward? Like, are you? Because I'm I'm surprised Jason Kidd's still playing him this many minutes. Oh yeah, I mean he played what 16 minutes in the first half. That surprised me. There, uh, you know, late in the game he played late. Um, you know, there's a moment that they took Josh out and left him in, and I was kind of surprised by that. I thought Josh had a great game. He's a plus yeah, 17 in this game. Um, that's a good place in the second half, but yeah, he's just not in a good good groove right now. I don't know what it is. I mean. I mean, I, I joked about you know trade rumor stuff, but I mean his name is out there a ton right now. So since the Karis Levert, remember the Karis Levert thing? Like it's been out since yeah. then. Yeah, so I mean it has to affect you know it affects a bunch of people whenever you hear your name out there so much. Not affecting uh, Bullion right now. No, but, uh, he's like he's like I'm ready, guys. Did, did anything change watching Bullion tonight for you? There, you're like, dang, he would be a good Maverick. No, like he he shoots the ball well, great. 
Yeah. He he did a couple of more like playmaking things that I wouldn't I, I hadn't seen from him before in Utah. So maybe that makes you think oh, about it a little make, bit. Yeah. yeah, that like that makes you think about it a little bit more. But I didn't learn anything new about him. I he shot the ball really well. I, ten of fifteen from the field, four of seven from three, hit hit all five of his free throws. I mean he'd be was, great in Dallas. He was balling. He'd be awesome in Dallas. Yeah. Um yeah, you mentioned Josh Green played played really well and uh his pat Josh Green's passing is just I love it. It's just something about what? <laughs> He's got he's got a jump to pass though. It's, it's true. <laughs> it's true. It's true. He did throw that jump cross court from one corner to the other corner pass that was awesome. That uh, it's really hard to do in the NBA. <laughs> he did jump during it though. Coming up, there is a rumor about Dorian Finney Smith that he's available. Should the Mavericks consider trading Dorian Finney Smith? Have they considered? We'll talk about that and more coming up. All right, Isaac Harris, let's talk about Dorian Finney-Smith. We'll start off the top by saying this. Dorian Finney-Smith is my favorite player on the Mavericks, and we have come to become, uh, we love Dorian, and so it would be very tough for us to speak objectively about this, and we're going we're going, to, we're going to try to. <laughs> yes. His first year in the NBA was okay. our first year covering the team in person, and so we've gotten to know him. And uh, yeah, so we just want to put that out. I, I always want to put that out up front. He's got yeah, Isaac's got his jersey behind him right there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> he's uh he's just he he to me is like has been the heart and soul of the Mavericks for a while now. It's it was amazing to see his development and all that. But here's the rumor from the he hasn't been traded. We can't do all this now. <laughs> well, I'm just like I'm just prefacing how we're gonna talk about it. <laughs> Get me all emotional. I think there's something to, well, we'll talk about it. The Jazz are expressing strong interest in Mavericks forward Dorian Finney-Smith as teams have gotten the impression that Dallas would be open to moving the 29-year-old in the right deal for a star caliber player, sources say. The Mavericks have re- have an incredibly high price threshold for teams reaching out about Finney-Smith, rival executives say. In seven seasons with the Mavericks, Finney-Smith has established himself as a critical wing, blah, blah, blah. It's clear that Finney-Smith has also become one of Dallas' main pieces if the organization is to pull off a blockbuster deal for an all-star player ahead of the deadline or in the offseason. Dorian signed a four-year, $55 million extension last season that is a good contract for a player that of his talents. Um, what was your first reaction when you heard this kind of a deal and that Dorian's name had been floating out there? Um, I mean, I wasn't shocked for the like return of it. Um. Yeah, you know, because it, it's kind of funny that the wording of it was like, hey, they're open to dealing Dorian for a star player. I'm pretty sure they're open to dealing anybody besides <laughs> Luca on this roster for a star player. One of you, you and I, one of our favorite things about this time of the year, it's smokescreen season. It's right. We're right before the trade deadline. It's everybody throwing out stuff like reporters are being lied to left and right. That's why they call it yeah. smokescreen season. And re- some reporters are playing the game with agents 100%. and GMs. And you got to ask, like, why? Not always, but sometimes you can ask yourself, why is this set? I mean, McMenamin wrote a whole report about the Lakers the other night. It was <laughs> insane. They should have had five more wins, Isaac. Isaac, they should have had five more wins. If the Lakers won <laughs> the four games that they but, complained about. But you and I love to dissect how these things are worded and how these reports are worded. Who's leaking this? Who Who benefits from this coming out in this way? I can't figure out who benefits from this report specifically. Like who are the Mavericks out there going? Like my first reaction was, are the Mavericks leaking this to get other teams to start thinking about Dorian to say, Hey, he might be available. And 
remember that this guy is valuable and that we have we've had a really high price on him before and now we're we're thinking about making him available and there's a team that's interested in the like the Jazz are interested a smart team is interested in in acquiring Dorian so maybe that gets other GMs thinking about packages and deals and certain things like that but like I don't know if I'm the Mavericks do I really want to trade Dorian because he's just such a great glue guy and such a, a piece that you want if you're going to get Luca plus another guy that can dominate the ball and like can score you're going to want a guy like like Dorian on the team. Like as soon as the Mavs make this deal for a second star or whatever, we're going to be dying for somebody like Dorian. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, every, every really good team, you know, once I got like Dorian, and especially at the at its cost, you know, about $12 million a year, if he would have hit the open market, I mean, he would have got at least 15, probably sure. above that 15, 18, somewhere through there. Um, So, you know, it's not as much. I'm trying not to be objective of this or biased because we love Dorian, but, you know, realistically, if a, if a really good player hits the market, then it's going to it's going to take something to get something. And you got to give up a Dorian or a Josh Green or something like that to go out there and get a second star. Yeah. However you want to define that, um, you know, with the Utah thing specifically, I do believe that I do believe that they're interested. I don't know if it's a matter of like who's who's leaking what in this scenario of like who it benefits and all of that. It's a really confusing um, paragraph, like overall. You're trying yeah, to I, I read uh, Michael uh, Mike Scotto's piece in uh, Hoops Hype uh, early in the day, and he had mentioned the same thing uh, about, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith um, and Utah um, and stuff. And he, he was talking about the package that Utah is ship, you know, shopping right now of Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and looking across the league and saying, hey, what what can we get for them? Um, you know, he talked about John Collins, talked about, you know, one of those two. He said, and or um, those, you know, both those guys for Dorian Finney-Smith. You'd have to add some pieces and stuff to that uh, from Dallas side to make the money work. But you're laughing. Just because a Vanderbilt Beasley is like, okay, we just did Dorian and Tim Hardaway Jr., but like in a different font. <laughs> it's like what those two are to me. Yeah, so so that's why I'm saying like I I don't think here's what I'm here's what I don't think I don't think that they're gonna ship off Dorian for you know to shed money or it would surprise me if it's just like a one for one type of deal I could see it being like a bigger deal right like yes. if it's Utah Dallas and a third team in there that you know Dallas is bringing back you know maybe one of those Utah pieces but then like a really good player or some of those Utah pieces go somewhere else. Dallas adds a little something to it and they get back the better player from, you know, a third team, something like that. But it would surprise me if Dorian's dealt. I think, you know, we answered some questions not too long ago of like, Hey, who's the Maverick that, um, you know, you think is traded, you know, the most likely to be traded. I still think it's Tim. Um, I'm watching Tim Hardaway. I'm watching Christian Wood. Um, Those are the two biggest names for Dallas right now, leading up to the deadline. I want to, at the end of the day with this Dorian, story in the athletic and you know for for hoops hype i think dallas is playing the game i think dallas is in some way trying to put dorian's name out there it's sort of like the uh what's the oh there's a there's an episode of i don't know some some tv there's an episode of many tv shows where something like this happens where severance uh i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) i don't think uh adam scott was doing this but like when when a hot girl or a hot person dates somebody that would be like a, a number below them, and then all of a sudden everybody else is like, oh, it's the Pete Davidson effect is what this is. It feels like, oh, the Jazz are interested in Dorian? Oh, like, 
Like, Ariana Grande is going out with Pete Davidson, and all of a sudden, like Pete Davidson looks better, and then all of a sudden, he starts getting more dates. The Mavs are playing this this type of game. They're putting Dorian's name out there so that down the road, if they are in the summer, going to put together this. We don't know that Dallas is putting their name out there. You think that they're putting his name out there? That's, this is my guess. This is my my yeah. read on the, on this story. It could it could just be this is what's happening out there. Yeah. When Dallas puts together a package eventually, then Dory will be seen as more of an asset than he had been in the past. I think Dallas is playing that type of game. That's my that's my guess on this. Yeah, see, I think I think a little bit of the opposite because I don't think it benefits a lot for Dallas to get his name out there. Um, just because Dorian is so beloved, Luca has you know been on record saying you know hey, I hope I play many years here with Dorian. He loves Dorian. So I don't know if it helps them a ton to get Dorian's name out there, um, but you know if it means bringing it. I do think it's 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 an interesting spot to be in as a fan and just you know everything around the maps that we're we're seeing all these different, multiple reports about you know Cleveland being interested in Tim, New York really wants Reggie Bullock, uh, Utah wants Dorian Finney-Smith. We're seeing you know different reports about different teams being interested in these role players. So. I'll be curious of what happens. <laughs> that was, that's your takeaway from, from all this. Yes. I mean, when was the last time you think, uh, when was the last time we've seen multiple reports being in, intrigued or going after Dallas role players? That's your takeaway. I'm just, I'm interested to see what happens. Well, yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying it's surprising. We, we haven't really seen that before. And it, it should make you, I think it should make you feel better that these guys do have value. Like sometimes yeah. you look at them and be like, oh, this team is trash and these players are trash. I'm like, it's not the case. Like these players can play. They, some teams will look at it and say, this guy's just, Tim Hardaway's just got to have a different change of scenery. They've been in Dallas in the system for too long and whatever. Like stuff happens in the NBA. So, so much of it is fit. Like Tim could go to the Lakers tomorrow and and kill it in LA. Like he would be a great fit in LA, I think. And just like knock down threes, be a flamethrower for him. And everybody's watching him on the biggest stage saying, he couldn't play with Luca? What? Why did they give him? like that was a that would a hundred percent happen. The Rui Hachimura trade is an exact like example of this where like all of us like no one talked about Rui Hachimura for years. I when- saw a big three graphic after that. <sighs> and then all of a sudden he goes to the Lakers and he's like, Oh, Rui Hachimura. Rui Hachimura on the Lakers. All of a sudden, he's he's this, he's going to find his potential. Well, yeah, the guys get hyped up when you go to another team, and, and sometimes it's just fit, right? These guys have yeah. come. Spencer Dinwiddie was that guy for the Mavericks. Like, yeah, he's in Washington, and he's just like you know wasting away, and they're calling him a locker room cancer. He comes in, awesome, great, been been great so far, and like an amazing great shooter season in and, Dallas and too. all that. Uh, there you go. Let us know in the comment section below. What do you think about Dorian? Would you consider trading Dorian if you are the Dallas Mavericks? And uh, we'll be back tomorrow talking more about this Dorian deal, talking about some more trade, trade rumors season. and everything. Then we'll be back for the Pelicans post game. We have every single post game for you here on Lockdown Mavs. Um, so thanks so much for subscribing to us. Uh, thanks for making Lockdown Mavs your first listen today. Now go make your second listen. Lockdown NBA game to game. Every moment, every top performance, every result on the Lockdown NBA YouTube channel, as well as the Lockdown NBA podcast feed. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom.